Hello and welcome to the only show that celebrates Boonta Eve, but not Boonta. I am Max. I'm Matt. And I'm Luke. And this is Force for Thought. That was good. That was, that was great. That was good. Why don't we celebrate Boonta? I never even heard of it. Boonta Day? Excuse me? All right, so... With Ahsoka coming out soon, followed by Skeleton Crew and other brand new stories scheduled out for the next few years, we have been asking ourselves, what other stories do we want told? There have been lots of loose threads teased in movies, TV shows, books, and more. So let's get started with some of the stories that we want told. And I'm going to start with a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a side tangent um, about something that's going on right now that's kind of topical. Uh, would you call this your force for thought? For the episode? I, I would. This is kind of my force for thought, I guess. And I'm going to tie it into what we want to talk about because Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny has okay. just come out. Um, over the uh, the weekend, uh, as of recording this, it came out uh, almost a week ago, and by the time this is released, it'll be out for almost a month. But it did not come out to a very strong box office at all. It actually only came out to about sixty million domestic, which was very low. A lot of people are very nervous. They're kind of no one's calling it a floppy yet, but there's a lot of people who are very uh, uh, skeptical that this thing's going to make its money back, partially because it was budgeted so insanely high. It was estimated to have approximately a three hundred million dollar budget. There were recent reports that it was actually north of that, um, and that's not cl- including print and advertising costs. Um, and I bring it up because it was directed by James Mangold, who obviously has a uh, Star Wars movie in mm-hmm. the works uh, about the dawn of the Jedi era. And unfortunately, Star Wars has a long track record within the short eight years since it's been with Disney of tying projects to certain directors, producers, writers, whoever, and then suddenly getting cold feet as soon as uh, anything comes out that's being panned by the audience or critics or if it flops or bombs or whatever. Uh, We've seen it happen numerous times with um, D&D from Game of Thrones being promised a project, and then after the, the season finale, that got shelved shelved in air quotes uh we saw it with ryan johnson he was supposed to have his own trilogy and then after the last jedi that was no more uh taika waititi after mm-hmm. thor love and thunder patty jenkins after wonder woman 84 and i am nervous that it's gonna happen to james mangold after this don't if, be if it turns out to be a bomb they don't can't be? no it's lucas film they can't if they do that it's admitting double defeat it's never gonna they're never gonna do that with their own property or their own film uh, that's right? what that's what happened with Ryan Johnson. He, uh, oh, I guess that's true. That's literally in Star Wars property. I guess that's true. I would say because it's I don't know. I would say adjacent from the franchise though, for Indiana Jones. Also, I think the budget was two hundred and sixty million dollars. Still insane. I heard two ninety five. Oh, two ninety five equally. Two ninety five is what's on IMDb as the estimated. It's it's all estimate. It, yeah. estimates. No one really knows. Um, it's all just projections. Yeah. But it, it did have. I mean, even still, that's a very high budget, even for a modern mm-hmm. day blockbuster. Yeah. I I feel like even at the time of recording, it could be considered a flop. I think the mm-hmm. only reason they're not calling it is out of respect for Harrison Ford. Is <laughs> my only guess. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, and and they. I think they intentionally released it um, around the Fourth of July holiday, right? Because even though it fell on a Tuesday, it was a long holiday. And Indiana Jones is like a fairly patriotic character, right? I mean, the guy fights Nazis and all that stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I did read this article that uh, this indie movie called Sound of Freedom uh, or something like that. Yeah. Out performed it on july 4th which yeah. is like it, it's a small indie movie that was like crowdfunded and that beat out indiana jones on the 4th of I, july so I, it's just not great signs i, I just it. talked to our the uh, our friend josh who also does music for this podcast uh about the movie today because his parents saw it. it's like a, a indie christian movie which is oh sound I, of freedom yeah zero idea what it was i thought it was a music doc to be honest <laughs> uh <laughs> when he told me about it like this morning i i only know about it from that article that I was reading yeah. that was the first and only time i've, I've heard about it it's a p- about child sex trafficking yeah, is what i understand good, yeah. um it has decent scores but and then that's the other problem with indiana jones too is i mm-hmm. feel like it it's not getting very great uh reviews right now luke and i have not seen it matt saw it you texted yeah. me after you saw it and you were like yeah it was good not great yep. and that seems to be kind of the consensus that i'm seeing i think one of the mistakes that they made leading up to it was premiering it at the Cannes film festival mm-hmm. because i said so at the time i was like that's kind of a weird choice to make because in my thinking the critical audience at yeah. Cannes is not the type of crowd that's going to be very receptive of a fifth installment of a blockbuster franchise movie yeah. 
But I thought that Lucasfilm was obviously very confident in the film, and that's why they did it. And the reviews have only been kind of lukewarm. It's not negative. I wouldn't say it's been overwhelmingly negative. Yeah, it's. I think it's. It's got a couple of things against them as well. Just like having Harrison Ford being eighty-one years old. But I think. yeah, I mean, I like I liked it a lot. It's it's a very fun movie, but I think that's another thing too is like box office, right? You're looking at like the Flash, which is underperforming. You're looking at Indiana Jones, which is underperforming. But then you're looking at these random indie movies, Asteroid City by Wes by Wes Anderson. You're looking at this Sound of Freedom movie, and I feel like that is something that maybe we can talk about um, at some point, uh, which is that tide is kind of turning a little bit, which is you know bad superhero movie fatigue, as you say, Max, because I, I think superhero fatigue. Um, I said this to you a couple of weeks ago, and then you were like, no, 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 I think it's like bad superhero fatigue, like bad superhero movie fatigue. And I think that is very true. And I think we're coming after this point now where um, we, ha- you know, the audience is- exceeds so much on a daily basis, right? Um, I saw an article yesterday that was like Marvel murdered cinema, and now it's trying to destroy TV, especially with like the more and more shows. And that is one of those things that it does feel kind of true that they're kind of moving into there in that space where I think other independent cinema is going to go back into theaters because I feel like it's it's a logical step, right? And I don't think it's like we, we have to have one or the other. Uh, and that's a, an aggressive article as well. But that's I think, why I, I kind of laughed when you said that because I feel like everyone always comes at those things with like their own certain biases. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, these movies are destroying cinema. It's like, well, right. no, there's actually a lot, a lot of really good and interesting things that people are doing. And then also people want to take these movies on for a reason who have come from independent cinema, which is like, you know, I yeah, obviously love Sp- Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese. And all these people can say all these things about um, these movies, right? And then you, but you're looking at Ryan Johnson, who's making, you know, movies like Brick and all these uh, indie movies, who then presumably is not making a ton of money. And it's like a lot easier for these people who are in their 70s and 80s to be like, these movies are destroying everything. And yet, like, they've made their money, right? And, like, independent movies like they used to make just don't make that money like they used to. Um, right. This is a very weird tangent I did not see coming. <laughs> it is. I'll, no, I'll, I'll loop it back. So, anyway, so you don't think that James Mangold's movie will get quote-unquote shelved. I say shelved because the way these things work is they never take anything off the table, right? They just... I I feel like how it would happen realistically is uh, a couple weeks from now we start uh, getting these rumors, quote-unquote rumors from Lucasfilm that um, James Mangold's project is no longer moving forward and then, you know, time will go on. People will keep asking. They'll deny, 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 deny until eventually they just kind of admit it as if it's already a fact in the record, right? And they'll just be like, oh, yeah, well, we're not moving forward with that at this time, but it's it's still there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I only. I feel like potentially this and then the Ray movie because they were talking about how they are semi intertwined. I saw. I saw that they were thematically yeah. linked. And I feel like mm. when you're talking about them being thematically linked, whether that's a power move from him to not get canned, which I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> That'd or, be a bold strategy, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. Uh, classic Hazel right there. Go for it, um, Hazel. And then, um, but I, I also. I also feel like the fact that these movies actually feel real, like, and they're actually being made and are in pre-production being written or at least like you know concepting what it's going to look like visually where i feel like lucasfilm has announced a bunch of other movies or shows a couple of years ago right at celebration and i feel like a lot of those were like this is what's going on and it's like but is any of that actually true like looking back on retrospect i feel like they were like we need to announce something because there's a date and i don't know how much of that was actually fact and then obviously half of that stuff is now shelved acolytes right uh the patty jenkins show the Ooh, acolyte, no, the acolyte no, is coming out. Sorry, not yeah, not acolyte. Yes, Rogue Squadron. Rogue, Rogue Squadron. That was the Patty Jenkins yes. movie. Yeah. And so there's, I think a lot of those are like, they had a cool director attached to a tool title with some cool key art. But I'm wondering actually how much was solidified in actuality. So you think you think they are far enough along that they're they're going forward with it? I would say so. Good. I'd be surprised if they're so. far enough along. I don't think they're less far along than Rogue Squadron was. I thought Rogue Squadron. They, I thought they had already started casting people, not publicly, but I thought they were relatively far along, a lot further than I th- would think the James Mangold project is. I mean, there's no way he's done anything on it. Like, Indy just came out, and so he I hasn't had time it. to do anything for it. I remember when these three movies were announced, the Filoni Mandoverse movie, the Ray movie, and the James Mangold movie. Mm-hmm. I said then that I would be shocked if all three of these movies actually saw the light of day. Because <laughs> of the track record for the last yeah. several years, they've announced a dozen movies, and we've gotten... Five and so it's just yeah the odds are not with them and it's not like they've 
turned a leaf culturally or in anyone's mind about mm-hmm. doing things better or different. And so Which I, I have no reason to think anything is going to be different this time around. I don't love that though, too. Now thinking about that, like from a fandom, like we get excited about these movies and like Star Wars is a fandom where you're taking things to heart a little bit, right? And you're looking forward to things and we're talking about stories we want to be told. If we did this three years ago, I feel like half the stories we could potentially be talking about, we're like, oh, what if this concept over here and we did this or a Ray movie, right? Um, and then all of a sudden they wouldn't, coming to fruition after being announced it's it's kind of tough mm-hmm. and uh i think uh, matt you've talked about before about how you're glad that they're going forward with the ray movie because they're kind of like doubling down on ray in that yeah. era which i 100 percent agree and that's why i'm i'm being cynical i think that this yeah. project is going to get shelved but i hope it doesn't i want disney to start sticking to their guns mm-hmm. when they announce something stick through with it don't get cold feet don't get nervous because yeah. Lucasfilm um, uh, under Disney, you know, I don't know how much control Disney has over Lucasfilm, whatever. But Lucasfilm has, I think, proven to me in the last eight years to be very risk averse. They do not like taking chances. Whenever they start to see sight of something going south, they immediately try to switch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, During Solo with Lord and Miller, they immediately got Ron Howard because they thought that was a safer choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, After The Last Jedi, they got nervous because Ryan Johnson did some different things, and so they brought J.J. back to finish it out. Um, The list goes on, right? But I want them to take more risks because... When they take risks in their stories, I feel like is when we see the most success. When you play yeah. it safe, I feel like the best case scenario is you turn out something that's safe. It's not outstanding. Yeah. It's not amazing. It's just it's okay Middle at line. best. And sometimes they're not even that good. Um, but I don't think it's a coincidence that if you took a poll of the best three things that uh, Star Wars has done since being under Disney, I think those three things would be Rogue One, Andor, and The Mandalorian. And I those are the right. only three things that weren't really tied well they're tied obviously but they're the most they're the most unique yeah movies or tv shows i would say in fact we did an episode about it and we all kind of said the same thing <laughs> and i don't think we're alone on that i don't yeah. think that was like yeah i don't think that was an unpopular opinion by any means so that's i i wanted to talk about that because i didn't have that uh james mangles project on our list to talk about but i did want to talk about that off the top i don't know if we're gonna see it um but Just I, I hope we one do. more thing before we change the subject the Mangled movie, in addition to James Mangold being the creator that's most likely to be steered away from because of the performance of Indiana Jones, the three movies that were announced was the cinematic finale to the Mandalorian storyline, the Ray movie with Daisy Ridley already attached, and a new era Dawn of the Jedi original story. Like, one of these three projects is not like the others. And if you're Disney, one of them is a lot riskier than the others, and it just got a lot more risky. I think if Mangold was making the Mm -hmm. Ray movie or the Mando movie, then it would be more of a discussion. But I think there's just... It just needed one thing to push it over the limit, and this is probably it. I, yeah. I th- so you, you don't think it's going to happen now? No. I didn't it think happen. it was going to happen then. I do want it to happen. I think it sounds like a great story, and uh, I would love the movie, but I didn't really think it was ever going to happen, and now I certainly don't. I think the new Indiana Jones is very fun. The only thing that I had a couple problems with, it was like some of the jokes fell really flat. Um there's no space for it and this is a little this is we can talk about this in another episode because i don't want to tip my hat too much on some other stuff we're talking about but um i really enjoyed it but the thing about indiana jones and the dial of destiny is that part of me didn't it didn't feel like a full indie movie um because it's a lot quicker than the the original trilogy and then the original trilogy feels like just like i should be talking about star wars um (laughs) and then um you know kingdom of the crystal skull kind of the same thing is that it's got this um I don't want to say fakey look to it, but it's uh, this. I don't know. This one moves a lot quicker, and I think for Indiana Jones it's weird, but for Star Wars it would work beautifully. Mm. Um, and so I think if you're looking at something from a Star Wars perspective, I think this movie, Dial Destiny, would be a I don't know would be a a good thing to put forward to say why you should work on this because the the CG work and stuff, and then the action set pieces are really really fun and really really cool. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, it's also still very early. It's only been out for about a week, too, and there's a bunch of different factors that go into it. So, I mean, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I mean, hopefully hopefully it does well enough that this is not even a conversation that Lucasfilm is having. Is his pronoun- is his name pronounced Mangold? I don't know. It's pr- it's spelled I'm gonna like say, yeah. Mangold. Mangold. Yeah. We should start saying Mangold even if it is wrong cuz I don't like talking about the Mangold Star Wars project. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I hadn't thought about that. That's funny. But what is Mangold? That just seems inherently sexual. Mangold sounds like a great Star Wars project. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a, a bad Bond villain. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's talk about some other stories that have been teased uh, that we haven't gotten yet, uh, starting with one of the most obvious, and that is Solo 2. Make Solo 2 happen is a thing. Yeah. People try to get it started because I think Solo ended on a big cliffhanger, um, specifically Kira and Maul's storyline, and I'm curious what you guys think. I know for me personally, I feel like I'm in the mor- minority of the Star Wars fan base where I actually don't want a Solo 2. Oh, I really? That is definitely the minority. No, I think it's I semantics, agree with them. Though. It's yeah, semantics because I, I think you can tell Kira and Maul's stories. I think you can continue those outside of Solo yeah. because if you make Solo 2, you have to bring back uh, Han Solo, obviously, Lando, Chewbacca, and it's like, where do they fit in that story moving forward? Like, I feel like the ending of Solo was like a splitting of paths. Yep. And I feel like I we wouldn't... could come back to Solo 2, but then I feel like Kira and Maul don't really fit in there anymore because I feel like they're kind of going off and doing their own thing. I 1,000% agree. I think I would love to, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes is that they're letting time pass, right? But I think another really great thing is that they can do is that if these stories are split, they can always bring back these characters. Not um, not Han Solo, but they can bring back Kira and Maul and uh, because they're we don't know what they look like right in like tw- in 10 years or f- in 15 years but i think that's right i always figured if they did a solo two quote unquote it would be a thematically linked <laughs> this is like the second time we use that phrase <laughs> solo two and the fact that presumably kira would be the, the lead character and I, I maybe han and Chewie would be minor characters or maybe not seen at all um but i just assume that we would weave in and out kind of and they would be the baseline of the story um, and then, yeah, and, and who knows what the third one would be, but I assume either the main character would come out of it or we would just focus on Maul. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I haven't really thought about the details like that because Han wouldn't be able to interact with Maul for canonical reasons. Yep. He doesn't believe in the Jedi or the Force. And so... Well, he could interact with him and just not know that he's Force-sensitive. I mean, he's still a presumed crime lord, right? So Yeah, I guess that... Yeah, yeah, you're right. So... I just I just green title. Make Solo 2 happen. Bring back Alden Ehrenreich. <laughs> bring Maul. Bring Kira. I would love to see that. Bring the fam. Because you also can't have a Kira. I, don't, I think it would be wrong to have a Kira sequel without Han in it. And so, yeah, everything just works too well. But I also kind of disagree with you that letting time pass is a problem. Similar to um, my thoughts on like a Kenobi 2 or... Mm-hmm. Like when Kenobi wasn't even made yet, and everyone was talking like, "Oh, we gotta, gotta get this made." Like, even McGregor was aging into that role perfectly, and Alden Ehrenreich, he's not gonna turn into Harrison Ford. Yeah. But they played, he played in a very young Han Solo, and so as Alden Ehrenreich gets older, it's not unreasonable for him to play an older Han Solo because he's never gonna play a younger Han Solo. So I think it's okay to let time pass. Chewbacca's timeless. You know, um, Amelia Clark isn't going to age for another thirty years, probably looking at her. <laughs> and so, I think I think we have time. Um, yeah. You know, the selfish part of me wants it today, right now, Same. but I don't think it's going to suffer from having to be waited on for ten years or so. It'll be a prequel thing, right? When we everyone ends up accepting it, like we all really think it's a fun movie, and then I feel like eventually it'll be more accepted and be like, oh yeah, we actually do want more and more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, which we already want now. I, th- I think that's coming sooner than we think, though, because I feel like the fan base does really like Solo. I mean, it didn't do well at the box office for a lot of different reasons, right? It came in like five months after The Last Jedi, which was very yeah. divisive, uh, so shortly after that as well. And I think it was like the... Did Rogue One come out in May, or was that also a winter No, it was release? Christmas. So this was yep. also the only one that was in the middle of the summer, which didn't like feel like Star Wars at and the time. little to no marketing. That feels like a good... It feels like a good summer blockbuster movie. It just so happens to be Star Wars, which has like kind of in our you know, tied behind its back a little bit because it's like, it is, if you're not a fan of star Wars, you're not going to go see solo. Right. Like presumably, but at the same time, I feel like this, if they do another one of these, it feels like the perfect Disney plus show or so. To, and which I never say, but like you can give the fans what you want and have quote unquote, I guess like next to little, uh, risk versus reward. I mean, like, you know, you don't, I mean, how much money can you lose out? I guess <laughs> I say that as Disney's like failing a little bit. <laughs> Disney plus is failing. <laughs> But at the same time, they could. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's it's it'd be great for a Disney Plus show. Right? I think it'd yeah. be more well served as a series than a movie because there's a lot of story to tell about. You know, Maul is at the height of his power. Like I would see, I would love to see episodes of this show about Maul rising the ranks in Crimson Dawn, and then Kira and Maul falling, and not to mention everything that Han and Chewie are doing. So honestly, maybe the Ahsoka show will kind of ignite the fire a little bit because. The Ahsoka sh- show, I feel like if you're not a huge fan of 
Rebels or Clone Wars, you don't know those shows. If you watch Ahsoka because you like live action Star Wars, you're going to want to go back and revisit these shows if you'd never watched them before. Which then you'll find how cool Maul actually is, not just from the prequels, but like imagine not knowing Rebels or Clone Wars and then going and watching them and be like, oh no, he's actually really rad. And then now I understand that solo ending way mm. better. And I feel like that is a yeah. possibility where. That's could. true. I haven't really been preparing for this. I wonder if you guys have thought of it. Like, after Ahsoka was introduced in The Mandalorian Season 2, there was a huge renaissance in The Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. And it's going to happen I'm 10 sure. times over yep. here in August. I 1,000% agree. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Especially when you get Hero and stuff. And, you, I mean, and, and just like Chopper. And we got a little bit of Zeb. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I, yeah, I definitely yeah. feel like that's more, yeah, I feel like all those. Definitely. So, make Solo 2. Luke says, "Yay!" Strongly on board. Yes, Matt. On board, but like, what, like you said, it's semantics. Meaning, because you don't, because you don't want Han in it. Oh, I'd be fine if he was in it. I just feel like thematically carry that story over or continue the Maul and Kira storyline at the very least. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think you're talking about a TV series too, which yeah. wouldn't really be like a true sequel, but I would agree with that because that way you could also do it too. This is a very specific comparison, kind of like um, uh, Better Call Saul. Where yeah. it's like almost like two completely different stories side by side that yeah. don't really interact with each other until kind of the very end. That way you can have like this little side plot with Han and Lando and you can follow them and you can kind of cut that in between with Kira and Maul. Yeah. And you can kind of have like that fun kind of like back and forth where like their paths keep almost crossing but never do, do until th- the very end. Do you think the Lando movie will... Con- I know that's like still in talks with it's a show. Don Glover, the show. Do you think Kira and Maul would show up in that instead of... Han, it'll it would just continue that story on. Is that still planned I, or is that shelved? I think, I it's think up in Donald the air. Glover talked about it yeah. recently, and really? he implied that it was moving forward, which I feel like it would have been very easy to imply that it wasn't. So yes, I, I agree. I, I believe it. Me too. Oh, that's exciting. I didn't know that. And so I'm just like right now, I'm just like everything we're saying feels like it lines up exactly with what we're. That being talking said, about. that'd be great. We yeah. were talking about timing, like letting time pass as a disservice. Billy D. Williams is old, and yeah, you need to jump on that today. <laughs> yeah, we're we're definitely running out of time for him to be an asset for this show. Sit him in front of a camera now and just get a bunch of B roll of him talking, and then we'll just cut it together like Leia. And yeah, CP three O, CP the best interview oh. of all time. And who's the gold one? C- uh, I don't know his name. CP three O. Oh yeah, yeah, CP three O. Yeah. Um. All right. So that was Solo two. The other one I wanted to talk about was um. Uh, uh, we just referenced it a second ago, Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 2. What do you guys think about that for a sequel? Or, well, a second season. Strongly pro. Give me more Qui-Gon. That's what I wanted most from Season 1, and we got it just as like a little breadcrumb at the end, which was aggravating to me, and if they never follow up on it, I'll be kind of bothered, but... It's 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 right there. Like there's such a good story to be told. Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor are in for it, and I think it would just be a slam dunk. I really really want Kenobi two. Did Liam Neeson say he's in for it? I didn't hear that. He came back for Kenobi one. Why yeah. w- why wouldn't he be? What's he doing? Yeah, that's, that's that's true. I don't know. I just didn't know if that was like a thing that he had already talked about. No, I I think Liam Neeson is always down for. I because he returned for the Clone Wars to lend his voice. Like no one else from live action Star Wars has done that. Like yeah. I'm trying to think because that's a big statement to say. So very few, it. very few people, if they have. But and I he think did Rise of Skywalker, right? His voice briefly in there. I yeah, I think that was that was newly recorded material. Not mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, they say Ray, so right. Matt, what, do you, th- Ray what do you think of a Kenobi season two? I mean, I, I think we talked about it. it's a little dicey. I think they can learn from their mistakes. I mean, yes, I want to see that. Whether it's a show or a movie, <laughs> I think. Dep- I mean, it's confusing if we're talking about doing a solo show from a movie and then a movie from a Kenobi show. Um, that would be so funny. After all the turmoil Kenobi went through to be a movie, finally, and then it was turned into a TV show. If the <laughs> sequel was a t- was an actual movie, yeah, that, <laughs> that would I mean, just be the biggest roller coaster. <laughs> I think it makes. I mean, I think people are like, oh no, like that story's col- closed. Basically, he just like lives on Tatooine forever. But it's like. How much cooler would it be if he actually didn't? Like, if he, yes, he's uh, Tantooine's his home base. He's t- taking, a, he's like, you know, keeping an eye on Luke. But there's actually more story to be told. I'm sure there is. And like you said, there's like more Qui Gon would be great too. Part of me also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I mean, Ian McGregor, I think would definitely do it. Right? He's been a very big advocate for. It. I think people have gotten behind him. Yeah, I mean, I just, I would like to see more. I, I like, that's the thing with almost all of these. I like Star Wars, so I want to see more Star Wars. It's hard to <laughs> say no to anything. Exactly, because yeah. <laughs> I'm just like until, I mean until it's done and you're like i don't like that but so far there's been things i'm like yeah that wasn't done great right boba fett big 
maybe the best uh, best example the, of a swing and a miss. The best example of a swing and a miss. With that being said, I think they are learning from their mistakes. And though Star Wars has been around for a very long time, they're in the TV space. is It's very new, right? Streaming for Star Wars is very new. And so I, I think they are stumbling like any sort of production company would do when they're trying to figure out what works for them. And mm-hmm. so far, I think they are figuring out. And those are those... Um, those bigger swings like Mandalorian when you don't really have um, you don't really have uh, the Jedi or lightsabers or anything until you do in that show or like (laughs) Andor but yeah I mean yes I would like to see some sort of form of Kenobi too yeah I think I'm on kind of on the same page as you um, because it is all semantics because once again I'm going to give myself a cop out and say that I do want to continue these stories from Kenobi but not in a Kenobi season two and uh, we've done an episode previously uh, reviewing Kenobi where I've talked about it so I'm not going to spend too much time getting into it but the highlights are I don't see how you can go forward with a second season of Kenobi without including Darth Vader because Anakin and Obi-Wan stories are so intertwined that you can't have one without the other so I don't think a Kenobi season two makes sense but I think you can still continue the stories of these characters uh you can include Obi-Wan you can include a now redeemed Reva um Qui-Gon Force Qui-Gon in a different story um such as the next one that I wanted to bring up with you guys which was The Hidden Path I think they can have a tv show or a movie about The Hidden Path basically following a group of Jedi trying to help other force sensitives set in the time of the Empire I think it's a really fun timeline to explore. It's probably the one that we explore the most. So, um, but there's a reason for that. Everyone likes that timeline um, and getting to see like these Jedi who everyone loves. And there's a bunch of different Jedi that can make appearances. Quinlan Boss is being constantly teased as having survived Order 66. Um, I would like to see some Kelleran Beck. That would be cool. We can see mm-hmm. Obi-Wan show up. We can see a redeemed Reva. We can see all these characters. We can see Cal Kestis from um, the Jedi Survivor game. Um, Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor. What's the game called? The, the, it's branded as just Jedi. Star Wars Jedi, yeah. Star so, Wars Jedi, I think there might be a colon, Fallen, Fallen Order is the first one, yeah. and then Star Wars Jedi Survivor. It just feels weird being like, oh, the character from Star Wars Jedi. Yeah, it's <laughs> That feels weird. like you're saying half a name there. I agree. Uh, but he can show up, and so that that's what I would pitch. And what do you guys think about that? Would you want to see a movie or a TV show about the hidden path? Yes. To that's me, yeah. everything I want. Is I want Jedi and... Well, I guess everything I want is basically just Jedi because I—that's that's my favorite part about Star Wars. It's like the lore and the mythology and the Jedi are a ma- massive part of that. And I was thinking when we were preparing for this episode, like stories we want told, and I was like, I would love more Jedi stuff. But like in the sequel era, we we're getting that with Rey. In the prequel era, we got that with the Clone Wars, and then we're getting it with the High Republic also before then. And so if we can't go before or after the original trilogy, it's really hard to do it in the middle of. But this would be perfect. You know, we could see different Jedi fighting against the Empire. It works canonically, and I think it could work thematically. And mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would really, really like it's this. It's a story that's now being teased in multiple media because the Hidden Path is brought up in the Jedi Survivor game. It's also obviously brought up in Kenobi. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I don't think it's come up in any book or comic book that I know of. But they're laying that groundwork for it. And, you know, it seems like something that's like... Uh, they have this infrastructure in place and there's definitely a story to be told there. Yeah, and it seems like something Disney would just love to do because we know they love making content in the original trilogy era. Right. Like, that's that's their MO. They really bend over backwards to try to make everything in this era as close as they can. Or when they make a new era, they just try to remake the original trilogy <laughs> era. And so I think it's what they want. It's what we want. Let's, let's do this. Yeah, I mean, I 1,000% agree. I think it's... I um, In the fan theories episode maybe i was talking about the galactic cruiser like that'd be a perfect like show type situation i feel like the hidden path is like 10 times better right if you use that as the central theme and the connector and you can have a game of thrones style show where you have the hidden path with all these different jedi moving in back and forth Mm -hmm. and that's the center thing they can come back to um yeah i mean give me everybody in one don't just like you do amanda right i just want to see a bigger star wars show and i think the hidden path is like the perfect opportunity to do that because you have the i mean literally the possibilities are, are, are endless whether mm-hmm. it's jedi or whether it's people helping uh in that path yeah i'd love to see it and i it feel would, like star wars also works better as an ensemble right like uh, the original yeah. trilogy you got the crew you got luke leia han chewy obi-wan like you got everyone there and i, yep. I 
I feel like that's like the only thing that's really missing from Mandalorian. Like you were kind of hinting yeah. at. It's like when you just just follow Din Djarin, it's like I need some variety. Yep. I, and that's all we talk about with Mando. It's like give me a, a Bo-Katan like a storyline. Like give me a B C storyline. Like we don't we can yeah, because in season throughout. three everyone was like, oh, they're just making this the Bo-Katan show, and I feel like a lot of people are like, yeah, but that's okay though. Like we can yeah. we can start hearing but other what people's a, stories. But again, that's another filmmaker problem where it's just like if that's gonna be the thing, give us breadcrumbs so we're like we expect it eventually, not just be like, oh, that's what they're doing, and people are upset about it. It's like no, no, no. May, let us be like, yeah, do you see why, though? <laughs> right. It would also be refreshing for this show to not have any of the main characters have any plot armor. Because, like, I know Rogue One, everyone dies. But if we got a show with, like, Quinlan Voss and Cal Kestis, like, there's there's no guarantees that any of them will survive an episode. Yep. Like, that would bring yeah. a very unique kind of intensity. Because, I mean, we didn't know canonically that Boba Fett survived his own show, but we knew and like Andor, Kenobi, we rarely get shows with unique characters, let alone unique characters that we are not confident will survive the, to yeah. the end of the season. So that would be a lot of fun, too. That's all we're talking about with Din Djarin and Grogu, but not necessarily in their show, just in the bigger grand scheme picture of when when do these characters end. Same thing with Bad Batch. But mm. like, I mean, Bad Batch a little less because it's like, yeah, they're probably going <laughs> to definitely dead at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I mean, Din Djarin and Grogu, they're not going to die in The Mandalorian. Grogu will never die. No, no. Grogu will outlive us all by a lot. <laughs> I can't wait for the moment where whatever I whatever show it is, eventually we'll see a Grogu be a be very old, right? Um, and I'm very excited to see that. I yeah. think you're gonna have to have your grandkids <laughs> reach you from beyond the grave. No, they're gonna have it. They're gonna have it. <laughs> might, not, might be not, in, for a while. not in Mandalorian, but just wait. In like ten years, not even. I would put the over under at one hundred years for that story. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh that's no. The under. Oh man. Well, uh, Luke, you just said you want to hear more Jedi stories, and I know you're real big into the High Republic, and that's one thing that I wanted to talk about. We talked about uh, the Mangled movie, the Dawn of the Jedi, but I think that's supposed to be before the High Republic era. Yeah, um, significantly, like a thousand years before yeah. Phantom Menace, and the High so Republic's would, only 200. What would you like to see, if anything, uh, of the High Republic? Do you want to see a TV show, a movie, animated, live action, and do you have any ideas what it could be about? I think you kind of follow the High Republic era closer than we do. Um, Yeah, so the books, there's been three, or there's been two phases, you know, six waves of books, or five waves of books, excuse me. So each wave has a young adult and an adult novel and other comics and young reader novels. Um, But there's been like five major galaxy-altering books and so I don't think we really need to see any of that in a movie. I would really not like to see any of the books made into movies because the books are so good and there's so many other movies that I'd like to see made. We don't need to start adapting stuff like that. So I think it's best suited for an animated series because there's so many Jedi that can go on so many adventures. It's such an interesting time period because they're like exploring the Outer Rim and so there's so many places they could go that are familiar to the audience but could be different because it's hundreds of years earlier and so you could see like what's different the technological advances that will be made the problems of not having that technology that we're expected to seeing and so i think that would be best suited and and we're looking for a new animated series because bad batch is wrapping up soon and so. it's kind of goofy right like is it the talking rock <laughs> no, it's not. A, the, the Rock doesn't not talk. talk. The, yes, the, the I I can see why you think that'd be goofy because of whenever anyone explains it. So Matt is referring to Geode, a character in the Higher Public. He's a Vintian, a Vintian, V I N T I A N. He is a rock. Yes, by all by all by all metrics. Yes, he is sentient and he can teleport or move somehow, but he only does it when no one's looking, and he can talk. But no one can hear or understand him except for some of his friends. Yes. That's a great book. In Something of the Light? In uh, Light, um, Into the Dark is the book he's introduced in. But he's in several. Oh, damn. And yeah, all, of, all of his friends just like talk to him. And then it's like the, the narrator is like, oh, this person knew based on Geode's stern silence that he meant that, they, that this. And right. so it's a very fun way. And... It sounds goofy, but it's not written goofy because he's written like a legitimate character that has in that has interactions and contributions to the plot and characters. So, no, he's not goofy, but 
there were, is room for Goofy in the Higher Republic. The, there are things that are Goofy. You were in the dark. That's the only Higher Republic book I read. I really dug it. I just mean Goofy, like, visually. Like, it'd be really hard sell to be in a live action. It worked super well in animation, though, is what I mean. Like, it'd be a hard sell to see a rock transport, I think, in live action. Well, that's the thing. You never see it. It's just in a different... He, he oh, yeah. is just in a different spot. <laughs> you would just constantly cut to him sitting next to you and be like, oh, hey, Geo, didn't see you there. Sorry. <laughs> That's really how you it said, is in the books, though, and it's hilarious. He's one of my favorite the characters. The High Republic is currently in Phase 2. <laughs> Terrible uh, action it figure. Ju- it just recently wrapped Phase 2. It wrapped Phase 2. Phase 3 starts this fall. Are there only going to be three phases? We are to believe that, yes. I would be shocked if they didn't continue that era in some capacity. Well, that's what I, I was going to ask. Do you think this TV show should follow Phase 3, or do you think it should lead up to Phase 1? Well, I think Phase 3... Well, it, it's interesting because the Acolyte is in the High Republic era, and that is coming out relatively soon, either this fall or this spring, and that is going to be after Phase 3 because Phase 3 is going to end, I'm estimating here, because Phase 1 is like 200 years before the Skywalker Saga, and Phase 2 is like 400 years before the Skywalker Saga, but then Phase 3 is like a sequel to Phase 1, so it's like... 190 years before the Skywalker saga because it's the same <laughs> characters like resolving all of their stories. It's an interesting so, order to go in. It is, but it, it followed the Star Wars trilogies where you have the original trilogy and then the prequels and then the sequels. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Acolyte takes place at the very end of the High Republic era, which I say in quotes because it's kind of a vague, vaguely defined era so far. I think it's going to be like around 100 years before the Phantom Menace. We do know that there is one character in the Acolyte that was in the books. She's a they they actually say her age a lot because it's a it's a character point. I think she's sixteen in the books because she's like the youngest Jedi master in the order, hmm. and she's in the Acolyte, but she's like an old lady. She's a Miri Allen, which is um like Luminara Unduli, Herbarasafi, that hmm. species. Okay. So we don't know what they age like per se. They could fudge numbers and say she ages very slowly and they live to be three hundred years. But I think we are to believe that it'll be like near the she'll be like 90 years old and that they can realistically live that long. And that's when this show will take place. So I think that'll be like the end of the High Republic era. Now I've lost my train of thought (laughs) where the where the animated High Republic show would fit in there. It could fit between Phase 3 and the the Acolyte very well, because after Phase 3, the Nile will be all wrapped up assumedly and there's going to be another you know 75 years of the jedi in their heyday as they keep calling it and so yeah there's a lot of time there and a lot of good characters that we already know that we'd love to see like there's a lot of great padawans and uh younglings in the higher public that it'd be awesome to see grow older and have an animated series with them yeah I also would like to see that from reading one book. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a good idea, too, to make it an animated series. I feel like that would make it more um, more appealing. Well, not necessarily appealing. I think that would make it like an easier jumping on point because people hold live action to just like a different standard. You know, like I feel like a lot of people would have to they would feel like they are obligated to go back and study up on the High Republic if it were live action. Well, I'm curious on how that is going to go down because the Acolyte is live action and it's coming out and it's full-on High Republic era. Like, we've seen set costume photos and they have the High Republic robes and the aesthetic is very in line with what we've seen in the High Republic so far. So I wonder if that's going to happen already. All right, well, the next one I want to talk about, um, another one that we kind of briefly alluded to, and that is the Book of Boba Fett, season two. First off, do we even want it? No. It's one of those things where it's it was done, right? You can't undo... Boba Fett's character. They want to could turn him super good. I think he should show up in the Mandalorian all he wants. I'm okay with that uh, for sure, but I don't think he needs his own show. Again, it, it'd be a Last Jedi uh, Rise of Skywalker thing where you just would be retconning everything he did, or you would just get a super boring story of him potentially being mayor like <laughs> like it's like I don't know yeah. none, none of thing anything I just said did not excite me about Boba Fett. One of the coolest characters. Ever, like when you're growing up, you're like, I want to know more about that guy. Mm-hmm. When you find out more about him, you're like, man, 
<laughs> yeah, like, like better is a mysterious person. Yeah, they I didn't even have enough stuff about Boba Fett to fill the first season of his show. We don't. We don't need to start no. grasping for a second. Yeah, I agree with that. I and don't. Then, I don't want a second yeah. season of Boba Fett. I think Boba Fett himself can show up in Mandalorian, like Matt said. The only reason I bring it up is because I do want more Cobb Vanth and Cad Bane. I feel like Cad Bane did survive uh, after he gets shot. They make that deal in the subtitles about how like the beeping kind of continues. Yeah, yeah. the um, audio description. Yeah. Do a, the thematic thing. I think that's what we're thing, saying with all of these. It's like they're telling these stories adjacently. I don't want to say adjacently, adjacently wrong, but they could be told adjacently better. <laughs> and then turn, I guess, adjacently yeah. wrong. Yeah, well, I've talked before about how my theory that I believe 100% that the Book of Boba Fett was originally supposed to be season three of The Mandalorian, and season three of The Mandalorian was originally supposed to be season four, and the, the Mandalorian character would be a different title character after season two, because season two is the end of Din Djarin's story arc, for all intents and purposes, and then season three would be Mandalorian, and season four would be Bo-Katan, and then that's where we are now, and I think maybe, I don't think they actually ever said this out loud even, or maybe even like wrote it down, but I do think Dave Filoni had in the back of his mind that maybe one day season five, the Mandalorian could be Cobb Vanth. And I would love mm. to see a yeah. Mandalorian season five where Cobb Vanth is a main character or the book of Cobb Vanth, if they want to go that route the again. Book of Cobb Vanth. But I, I agree. I'd be okay with seeing less or not any more of Cad Bane. Um, but Cobb Vanth, I have a, distinct hunger for yeah. <laughs> I, th- I like the way i think said that, honestly. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people do i think um uh cobb vanth was a very good addition to the uh to the to this universe to the yeah. galaxy and i just like that they pulled him out of the books um because um you know in 2015 when star wars was coming back and they were doing all these books and everything we all thought that this was going to be a lot more interrelated than it turned out to be <laughs> um but oh, i yeah. absolutely love that they had this little mini interlude it was like three pages about this character cop vanth and how he got this armor and they actually stayed true to it i feel like that could have been so easy to just write off and be like okay sure maybe that happened but here's what happened after that you know yeah. or something different like that so I love that they stayed uh, true to that, and I want to see more of them sticking to these uh, stories in the books and have these things come back, yeah. and that segues into my next category, which is Ray Sloan. Now, for those of you who follow the podcast, know that we bring her up quite frequently, <laughs> and um, she was the main villain um, in the Aftermath uh, trilogy, and she basically uh, ended the trilogy by going off in the outer or the unknown regions outer rim i don't know unknown where. regions unknown regions to f- um start the first order um assumedly assumedly yes strongly <laughs> assumedly yes. Uh, that's <laughs> more than just an implication well until we get more story elements it is still an implication <laughs> but i want to see but that's what we're talking about we want to see yes. that implication followed through correct and um i, I assume that's what you're talking about you you <laughs> want to see that I, I do, but once again, I don't want to see it like in its own show. I think that this could probably be a good tie into Ahsoka. We've talked about that kind of previously. I think maybe Ray Sloan can make an appearance in Ahsoka sh- in the Ahsoka show, even though I know that that it appears to already be chock full of antagonists. But uh, what do you what do you guys think? Do you want to see Ray Sloan, and how would you like to see it? I do want to see Ray Sloan the Ahsoka show. I can't think of a more perfect place for Ray Sloan to show up. It, it would have been in the sequels with the First Order, but that's come and gone, and it wasn't then. And so I think that this Ahsoka show is perfect. It's like right after she went into the Unknown Regions, she can come out to fight Ahsoka. She can join up with Grand Admiral Thrawn. There's lots of reasons to bring her out. There's lots of Imperials that they need for the show. You could rewrite it a little bit to fit Ray Sloan into it. I think a lot of fans would appreciate it. Dave Filoni is really into rewarding fans like that. I I would really like to, I really hope Ray Sloan is in this. And I think it's more possible than a lot of my theories that she will be. I have not read the Aftermath trilogies trilogy, so I yield my time. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I would say yeah, bring more characters from books into the live action. I think it's fun. Or cartoons, you know. I mean, we're getting that with Re- with uh, Sogo with Rebels and I'm I'm loving it. So, if anybody yeah. else get excitement from Ray Sloan, <laughs> The it's weirdest all... character name. Uh, I would say, yeah. 
it's all it's all one universe and so i really just appreciate when they stay true to the universe and bring in these characters such as one of the highlights for me in the book of boba fett was when they brought in black Stanton into it yes that was just completely unnecessary other than somebody just saw that character in the comic book and said yeah. oh i like that character that's a cool character let's bring him in why is it called the book of boba fett going back real quick do we ever do, am i blanking on it because it was going to be chapter or season three of the Mandalorian, but they didn't want to do that because Din Djarin and Grogu were so marketable and so successful. And so each episode of the Mandalorian is a chapter and they were like, oh, so we'll just one through make two, this a new book. <laughs> seasons one through two were going to be the book of Din Djarin and season three would be the book of Boba Fett and mm-hmm. season four would be the book of Bo-Katan. And at the very end, it's George Lucas writing him and he closes and puts them on a shelf and that's how the series ends. <laughs> Classic Lord of the Rings style there and, and back again. And Game of Thrones. And Game of Thrones. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, man. There is something like that with the Journal of the Wills. I Maybe I shouldn't have even brought it up if you guys don't know about it, don't know more about it than I do. But you, the Journal on. of the Wills is something like that. I have nothing else to offer. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm kind of winding down here. What, what else do you guys want to see? Luke, I know you've talked about wanting to see more... Um, more alien lore as well as more kit fisto do you have any ideas in particular yes i i do stand kit fisto to a great degree and i think there is story to explore star wars has a great track record of taking random innocuous things and expanding on them to an enormous degree and i think the fact that kit fisto was significantly redesigned from episode two to episode three is worth exploring in my in my head, my personal head canon is that the Nantalan race loses their fish like appearance and abilities if they go too far out of water. And in episode two, Kit Fisto had been out of water for months or years, and that's why he's looking more like a human guy. And then the Clone War starts, and he needs to bulk up. So we get like a rocky montage of him working out. He goes <laughs> into the ocean, and he like absorbs its power and comes out, and he looks like. Like he does in Revenge of the Sith, like a lot more like a fish. And all the Jedi are like, oh, hell yeah, Kit Fisto, you're going to be our our main guy. You're going to be our general because he was already the main guy in the Battle of Geonosis. He was the first one. I've, I've mentioned that before, but I want to be clear that I was not just joking. In Attack of the Clones, when the Jedi and the trade and the... Yeah, the Trade Federation droids, when they march at each other and the Jedi run at them, Kit Fisto is first to hit the battle droids. He yep. he runs a little bit faster, like Captain America in Infinity War. And so I think if he was full fish power, he would have been substantially faster. And even if it's not exactly this, I, I just want to see some story about Kit Fisto getting, I don't know, blown up in an explosion and has to have horrible facial reconstruction they have to use more fish than the human and so whatever it is i just think more kit fisto preferably something about the redesign because i think that'd be fun what if it's uh here's my what if he dies in the coliseum and then another one of his species is there just so happens to be force sensitive classic broom boy and takes his identity and runs with it <laughs> so it's a, it's a very don draper situation i was just about to say mad men yeah yep. or you know who did it first the simpsons Principal Skinner, exact same sto- exact same storyline. Really? Yeah. That'd, That'd be, be so funny. This Natalan shows up at the Jedi Council and they're like, Oh, Kit, we thought we thought we lost you. And he's like, No, yes, I am Kit. Uh as you remember my last name. Yeah, Kit Fisto. Yes, Kit Fisto. That, that <laughs> Can is I live I. where? <laughs> <laughs> really recontextualizes when he goes to confront Palpatine. He's like, All right, Kit, come on, grab your lightsaber, we're going. He's like, What are we doing? And then the other two Jedi die right next to him and he's like, Oh my god. <laughs> That's why he has no speaking roles in the Revenge of the Sith. He's just sitting there wide eyed, like, Oh my god, this is working so well. His voice is significantly lower or higher. <laughs> um Kit Fisto, there it is. Interesting. I, I love that you're so obsessed about the redesign. To be fair, I would say very little people have ever noticed the redesign. Oh, no. It's very noticeable. It's noticeable? Yeah. I don't think it's noticeable. Th- would yes, you have noticed is. if I wasn't no. such a bit? Really? I don't think I would have ever noticed. Oh, I it think every, everyone notices. I've gone it's... back and I've looked at the pictures side With by that side. that being said, uh, really, you look I mean, at the pictures, I was going to say. They're I, mean, I know that they're different. Like, yeah. yes, after you point it out, I'm like, it okay, yeah, they like look a little different. The mask is better, right? Like, it's, it feels like. It's, it's not like, just better. It's yeah. different. Like, it's, yeah. it wasn't a mask in Attack of the Clones. It was a guy with green paint on his face and in revenge of the sith it was a mask well there you go yeah i don't know i i, I mean i think it fits same thing with, with plo koon again i 
associate them in my head. I think it's because me and my brother, me and Mike, got a Kit Fisto action figure and a Plo Koon action figure like the same day. So, um, yeah, I think that's why I associate them in my rip, head. Rip to the one of you that got Plo Koon. <laughs> 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 Screw that kid. Your dad clearly had a favorite. <laughs> Plo Koon's cool. <laughs> yeah, he is. But um, Kit Fisto's cooler. Give yeah. me more Kit Fisto content, please. More Kit Fisto. Uh, for me, I guess, as well, I don't really have anything, honestly. Um, still, if I don't think I really have anything. I, part of me would like to see the Bad Batch live action someday, but like it doesn't make any sense <laughs> because uh, you would have, basically have to deep fake someone's face, like Tem's face, basically over everybody. Um, but that's I, a lot of work. That's that's too much work. Uh, but I don't know. I think they're. I don't, I don't say I don't really know what I'd like to see. I'm just excited for what's next, and I think for me, I want to be excited about something that is new and exciting to come. Right, and I think that's like we were talking about like with, with rogue one i know it's it's filling in those plot holes i like movies and shows that flow in like very small minute pot, plot holes but i think ultimately i think like star wars should be consistently advancing and whether it's bringing characters from uh you know like like kid fisto who needs to be explored more just like they did with boba fett well maybe not just like they did <laughs> but like like they did in, uh, in theory. yes kid fisto and boba fett are the same in that regard yes <laughs> but yeah exploring other characters or just honestly something that's new and exciting honestly that's i think that's all i got yeah, I and I 100% agree. And to make this come full circle, back to the uh, uh, James Mangle discussion that we were having at the beginning, take chances. Take risks. Yeah. They're not all going to work out. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of, of missteps along the way, but stop playing it safe. Because when you play it safe, at best, you get something that's okay. At oh. worst, you get something that's bad, right? And like I feel like that happened with Boba Fett, right? That they yeah. wanted something that people would like, that would have universal appeal. Everyone loves Boba Fett. Let's do Boba Fett. It wasn't good. And then they've done it with everything else, too, yeah. right? Like Solo, Obi-Wan, and those kind of ran the gamut. I think uh, Solo and Kenobi were pretty solid. Um those aren't running away with the fandom as being like everyone's favorite, mm. um, kind of like Andor or Rogue One is. But again, I, I digress. Um, take chances. I think that's kind of our our key takeaway. Yeah. We're getting serious this episode. We're coming <laughs> in pretty hot. <laughs> in the beginning, we're like, this is what's wrong with the industry. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so let us know what you yeah. think in the comments. Let us know if there's anything um, that you think um, you you want to see that's been teased or that hasn't been teased. If you have an original idea, let us know. You can reach out to us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Um, go ahead and follow also, us on any one of those. I uh, downloaded on my phone Threads before I nice. came here. Haven't haven't done anything with it, but that's the new social media yep. I hear. Have you, heard of, have you heard of it? I have not. What, what is Threads? It's, uh, I, I saw it marketed as Facebook's competitor to Twitter, which I don't like Twitter, yeah. but I like the idea of it. So well, A lot of people don't like Twitter, so yeah. they'll catch on. So if Threads works out, see us there. Hey, check us out on Threads. Check us out on Threads. And then also this whole episode has been a – basically this whole episode is a force for thought. Um, but the most important thing, are you equally as hungry for Cobb Vanth as Lucas? <laughs> <laughs> well, Luke is as fun. It sounds like Lucas. Yeah. I should cut that. That was, so <laughs> that was more of a thought I should think. <laughs> See, you, right. See you, Sammy. See you, Sammy.